Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, June 19th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Today is Canadian Tax Freedom Day. In other words, from this day on, what you earn goes to you, not the government. And my friend was so happy about this. She was going to go out and buy a new car, but... She just can't afford the GST. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm great, but another enthusiastic introduction <laughs> for me like that, and you're going to scream those glasses right off the top of your head. I, I don't know if you realize that they're up there. Well, well, you know, happy <laughs> Tax Freedom Day to you. I mean, it only took more than half a year to get here. How outrageous. Yeah. But I guess the silver lining, we know every penny of our tax dollars are being spent diligently. You know, like $6,000 oh. a night hotel rooms for blackface and, you know, $100,000 in airline food. I mean, how, how do you even do that if you tried? But, Sheila, I, I digress. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today... And we have a whole lot to talk about. Um, Lady Menzoid was out cleaning the shed for spring cleaning. And she discovered, well, let's put it politely, the calling cards of a certain wild animal, which we originally thought was a mouse. So we went down to the hardware store and we bought this. It's a mouse trap. And the next day, not only was the cheese gone, the trap was gone. So that means it's not a mouse. It's a rat. So we bought this. A rat trap. <laughs> now, first of all, uh, after three nights in a row, uh, the rats get the cheese, but it does not spring the trap. And what I'm really pissed off about, Sheila Gunn-Reed, is that setting this trap three times, this thing went off in my hands and it was so painful. And I guess it's true that, you know, build a better mousetrap, build a better rat trap. The world will beat a path to your door. You'll be a multimillionaire overnight. But here's the deal. Much like George Costanza's father from Seinfeld, I will not live with vermin. You have told me Alberta is a rat-free province. Right? This will make me go and try to buy one of those McMansions you're always talking about <laughs> near Calgary. Um, Sheila Gunn-Reed, please tell me, is it true if I move 2,000 kilometers west, am I going to be free of the rats of the GTA? I Well... <laughs> Depends. Um, but I've never seen a rat here in my entire life. I've lived here my entire life. I spent a lot of time outdoors or places where you think rats might be barns, grain bins, uh, outbuildings, sheds, things like that. Never seen one. I do know sometimes they make their way to the airport, oh. um, but then they have spe well, because they come in on the cargo or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, and then, uh, but we have special like the rat patrol that deal with that. Sometimes they end up. At the dump, I think, at Medicine Hat, because some of that trash comes in from Saskatchewan, there's not a joke to be had there. I, I love my friends from Saskatchewan. There's no, like, rat or trash joke there. But they bring them in, but they have the rat patrol there that works, uh, like, on the Alberta side of the border, but also on the Saskatchewan side of the border to make sure that the rats don't get here. 
Um, but I've never seen a rat trap in my life. That thing wow. is enormous. Are you sure it's a rat? Could oh, be a no, raccoon, it's got, right? It, yeah, they told me it's a it, it, it's a horrible uh, design. It, it is so true. I mean, I can't believe with all our technology, we can't build a trap that will successfully uh, capture a rat. A and B that it's so <laughs> on a you know a feather trigger, Sheila that it goes off on your hands three times. I mean, the only thing I can think of in the department, again, of a silver lining is, thank God I wasn't wearing my kilt that day. Anyway. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> Have you tried the, will the sticky strips catch a rat? You know, those like sticky things that you put down and then the mouse goes on it and then there's no like setting a trap. They just catch them on the sticky stuff. Will that catch a rat? You know, even if it did, then I got to deal with that live vermin. I just want a dead body to put in the trash. I, I tried <laughs> using one of those one time and I caught my cat. And <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, she was so mad. But yeah, I caught the cat. Anyway, I we can should... only imagine. <laughs> Anyhow, I guess we should. was angry. <laughs> oh, okay, then. So, uh, Sheila, it's usually around this point in the show that uh, we go over the ground rules such as they are. Uh, yes. Uh, I Also, why is your wife cleaning the shed? You'll get out there and clean the shed. She's out there dealing with mice and rats cleaning the shed. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, you know, she is the caregiver, the caretaker. Uh, I'm the mighty hunter. If only I had some ammo that actually worked. <laughs> uh, I think Dude, your wife's the hunter in that, that family. <laughs> your wife's the hunter in that family if I... If I uh... How dare you? know what I'm talking about and I think I do. Uh, <laughs> this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's just normally hosted by David Menzies and a rotating cast of characters, including myself, um, wherein we talk about the news of the day or, you know, David's infestation problems. Uh, completely unscripted. It's a great chance for us to interact with each other, but more importantly, I think to interact with our viewers at home uh, because we are streaming live on YouTube, but we're also on Rumble, um, Odyssey, and get her. Um, and if you want to interact with us and support the work that we do completely willingly, might I, might I suggest you move away from the censorship platform of YouTube and watch us over on Rumble or Odyssey, wherein you can leave something called a paid chat on Rumble. It's called a Rumble rant on Odyssey. It's called a hyper chat. And that gives you a chance to sort of democratize the show because we will read your paid chat um, as they come in, but normally with David and myself towards the end of the show. And so if you've got a question, comment, story, idea, just something you want to get off your chest, maybe you don't like my hair, um, maybe you have some rat advice for David, um, send it in the form of a paid chat. Um, and it helps us keep the lights on here at Rebel News because we'll never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. And how could we hold him to account if we did? friends in the mainstream media. Sheila, we all love your hair, as they say down at the pricey <laughs> Yorkville uh, hair salons. It's wild yet controlled. Um, speaking of hair, let's talk neither. about... <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about someone who has a... Um, who isn't who is, I guess, follically challenged, shall we say? That would be exiting uh, CPC former leader Aaron O'Toole, and on his way out, Sheila, oh, this is just so rich. This this guy. <laughs> oh, this flaccid, phony, liar, incompetent. Suddenly he's giving advice to Pierre Polyev and the conservatives about how to run an election. Um, 
why didn't he find someone to give him advice back in 2021 when this fraudster uh, tried to pull a fast one on the conservative base, this fake liberal? And, you know, Sheila, I, I mean, there's so much to digest. I think later this week I have to co-host for Ezra event. I, I think I want to do a post-mortem uh, on Aaron O2. I think I, as I type that, I'll wear a mask, an M45 no less, uh, to prevent me from, um, you know, well, vomiting, to tell you the truth. But um, why don't we run a clip of him? I think it's with Vashi Capellas of CTV, um, yep. that horrible media <laughs> That just acts thirteen hundred no, there's people. A, they're the good guys. If you take your advice from the Ottawa Carleton District School Board, CTV, they're the good guys. Sheila, oh. you're a demon. Get out of here. Yeah. So let's see what Mr. O'Toole had to say as part of his parting shots. What a disgrace. Roll it. You know, the Conservatives won the popular vote in the last two elections. It just wasn't efficient enough, and. Mr. Trudeau, some of the polarization is actually focusing and over-delivering your small cohort. So he's now won two minority governments with a smaller popular vote and in some elections being virtually shut out in certain provinces of the country. So I think uh, had the pandemic not been a part of the discussion, I had a lot of fiscal conservatives that wanted to see uh, the conservatives with a smart plan on the environment. A lot of business yeah. leaders, for example, or small business owners that wanted to make sure they lowered emissions for their kids, but were worried about our competitiveness, worried about trade relations, thought Mr. Trudeau's ethics were questionable. So there's a bunch of voters that want to see the Conservatives address all issues. I think Pierre will do that. You know, the Conservatives won the popular vote. Well, Sheila, I'll hold my uh, fire until you speak. But once again... The Conservatives run the popular vote last two elections, which is true. Uh, too bad we don't have a system that works that way. It's all about winning the um, riding-rich provinces, especially Quebec and Ontario. But nevertheless, what is your analysis on what he just said? It's like watching Encino Man, but for politics. Like I'm like, did you just get unfrozen after the last two years? Did you miss everything that transpired, including how you lost... And then we're thrown out by the party, but for not being conservative enough, like his solution to offering voters a real alternative to the liberals is to what? Be more like the liberals. Is that what he's getting at here? Yep. Um, that That's not quite how it works. He already tried this, by the way, and lost. He was the guy who said, actually, you know what, after I signed that um, no carbon tax pledge, I'm actually going to bring in a carbon tax, but yep. we're going to call it something different. It was like a some sort of like carbon exchange scheme thing that he wanted people to do. Like you had a carbon budget. Sounds a lot W-E-F-E, doesn't it? Um, but he, he, that's his solution to getting voters to switch to the conservative party is to offer them no reason to switch to the Conservative Party. If you're just going to get liberal policies from a guy in a blue tie, why would you move away from the guy in the red tie, Aaron? That's why he lost. That's why he didn't inspire new voters in the GTA. And that's why the party got rid of him. The party got rid of him because they felt he wasn't conservative enough. And the convoy broke him. The convoy exposed him. Yep. And it, he hasn't figured anything out about the successful conservatives of the last two years. Daniel Smith just won in Alberta. How? 
by being more conservative than Jason Kenney. She decided I'm going to move further in the direction of civil liberties, further in the direction of small taxes, which is what conservative voters want. They actually want you to be conservative. Scott Moe, likewise, doing the same thing in Saskatchewan. We I, I toot Alberta's horn all the time, but a lot on a lot of these issues, Scott Moe is beating us to the punch. He's just doing it a little bit less flamboyantly than us Albertans do. But smaller, <clears throat> smaller government, lower taxes, strong on civil liberties. He's trying to tell us that there's a whole swath of conservative voters out there who actually want the carbon tax. What planet is he from? Who are these people? I've never met them in my entire life. Well, Sheila, I recall the 2021 election vividly. We were all covering that election, of course. Yeah. And what I'll never forget is in the first week, Aaron O'Toole had an incredibly good week and Justin Trudeau had a horrible week. And all the columnists, including the likes of Warren Kinsella, never judge a campaign by the first week, which is true, actually. And then Blackface had another terrible second week, and Aaron O'Toole looked like an ambassador. He looked prime ministerial. He was saying and doing all the right things. And yeah. then slowly the screw began to turn. And I know what happened, Sheila, behind closed doors. I know what the unspoken strategy is. Okay, we have our conservative base in the bag. Now let's reach out to the lefties. And they did. Suddenly, Aaron O'Toole is open to carbon taxes. Suddenly, Aaron O'Toole is open to a gun grab. <clears throat> and suddenly, what happened on election night is conservatives who were disgusted by being taken for granted yet again stayed home in droves and blackface who had a disastrous campaign, at least in the first half, uh, came up with another minority government. And Sheila, I, I'll point to one writing. It's the one just south of me in uh, Richmond Hill, and it's the writing of Richmond Hill, Majid Johari. Um, he is someone who, unlike the vast majority of Persians who live in Richmond Hill, I think it's a significant major a minority, 14%, if I believe right, he actually supports the regime in Iran, even though the writing, uh, the, the Iranians that are living in Richmond Hill do not. In 2019, this was the closest writing in all of Canada, a photo finish. In fact, the conservative candidate, Costas Mitagakis, went to bed thinking he had won, and then, oh yeah, we counted the mail-in ballots overnight around 4 a.m., Costas, and it looks like Majid, with about 200 votes, squeaked past you. Well, I can tell you, so the 200 vote spread in 2019, the closest riding in all of Canada. 2021, uh, I believe Johari won by almost 5,000. Was that 5,000 new votes coming to support this creep, this cretin that supports the Iranian regime? No, it was conservatives in Richmond Hill staying home, saying, you know what, Aaron O'Toole, the hell with you. Carbon taxes, gun grabbing. Bye-bye. How else can you explain that vote swinging the way it did, Sheila? Well, and look, he lost seats in what is known within conservative circles as Fortress Alberta. He lost seats in Fortress Alberta. Yes. That is a disaster, an absolute disaster. Um, 
and again, like I say, it's like he's Encino Man, but for politics, he just woke up, <laughs> shook the shook the icicles off, and he's like, "I'm going to tell this conservative movement that is rebuilding itself after I did something terrible to it what it needs to do." I'd rather listen to somebody successful. Why don't we talk to Scott Moe? Why don't we talk to Danielle Smith about how they are managing to keep their provinces conservative? You know what? He should be talking. The conservative movement should be talking to Danielle Smith because Danielle did something quite interesting that the conservative movement needs advice from her about. Oh, she Sheila. is repairing an Erin O'Toole style disaster in Alberta and she's fixing it. So maybe they could stand to learn something from her and not this guy. I am dead certain in my heart of hearts. Aaron O'Toole would look upon Daniel Smith as an extremist, as oh, far sure. right. Uh, and you know, the very chutzpah, my favorite Yiddish word, no, I'm not Jewish, but I love those Yiddish words, folks. Chutzpah, sheer unmitigated gall, this loser of losers, uh, this lying liar, this fake conservative for his farewell tour, he's going to give advice to Polyev of how to win? Are you kidding? You know what that's like, Sheila? It's like the GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs phoning the GM of the Las Vegas Golden Knights saying, yeah. um, here's some advice for next season if you want to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you know, Mr. Haven't won the cup since Lester Pearson was prime minister. Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, Sheila, this is beyond hypocrisy here. Well, it's like our friends in the mainstream media criticizing our business model. And I'm like, didn't you guys downsize this week and the week before and the week before and the week before that? And we're growing and hiring and, yeah. and training new people and covering more stories than ever. These people are just absolute unmitigated failures. Um, and, but the worst part is they lack complete and total self-awareness. And let's talk about the mainstream media as in accordance with Aaron O'Toole. Two things, Sheila. In, I guess it would have been the year before the election, summer of 2018, uh, there was Aaron O'Toole coming to the independent press gallery debate. I was there. He gladly took my questions, uh, went on chapter and verse, no problem, no running, chasing him down to the mains, uh, to the men's restroom like uh, our uh, former <laughs> colleague, Ian Bexy, had Peter to do McKay. with Peter McKay. And, uh, oh, totally lovey-dovey with us. Fantastic. Yeah. And then he becomes leader, and suddenly we're media non grata. To the point, and I will never forget this, ever, Sheila, we covered his last press event in Markham, Ontario, on the Sunday before the Monday election day. And he saw the Rebel News mic flash. He curled up into the fetal position in his bus, being late for his own press conference for 45 minutes because he didn't know how to deal with a rebel news question. And the way he dealt with it ultimately was just like how blackface would deal with it. He got his soy boy staffer, Corey Hahn, to come up and he said, I could barely hear him because he had one of those masks on at the time. And he had an RCMP officer said, you're under arrest unless you get off the property. And I said, where's the property line? And they said, the curb. My camera woman and I had to step into a live lane of traffic, cars going back by 70 kilometers an hour. And then I, real, I learned the next day 
The property line is one meter in from the curb. We did not have to stand dangerously on a busy street. You are despicable, Aaron O'Toole, and you little soy boy, Corey Hahn, for putting us in that kind of danger. Absolutely despicable. You lied, and I. And as far as both of you are concerned, good effing riddance that you are not with this party. Try to find something, another party that dovetails with your values. I don't know, the Marxist-Leninist Party of Canada, maybe? Well, and the thing about Corey Hahn is he knows better. Like, he's permitted me into events previously, knows that we are just there to do our jobs, mind our own business, ask honest questions, and go home. But... Um, it's so quickly he changed once he got close to Aaron O'Toole's inner circle. What did I call him at the time? A weaponized nerd. Um, and that's what he ended up being. But let's move ahead because we could dwell on this insignificant man forever. But he's going to fade into obscurity <laughs> that he so rightly deserves. Um, by the way, I think Aaron O'Toole has a lovely family. <laughs> a lovely family, great kids, nice wife. Um, so hopefully he moves over there. And then it just just enjoys that and just leaves politics to the winners. Um, but in my concept. quest, <laughs> in my quest to find these so-called conservatives that Aaron O'Toole tells Vashi Capellos indeed exists, these pro-carbon tax conservatives, um, the conservative premiers. Um, and others are saying, no, 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 we, we don't want this carbon tax or any carbon tax because it's going to put us in the poorhouse. We've got this um, story from the Atlantic premiers here on Rebel News. Atlantic premiers insulted by Ottawa's costly carbon taxes. No, Aaron O'Toole said you like them. So stop that. Um, Environment Canada, this is Environment Canada data, by the way. So the government's own data. So consider this uh, conservative rounding down data. Um Predicts the economic cost of the second carbon tax will be nearly $9 billion less in GDP by 2030. After another decade, the cost will be $30 billion. And these are, uh, this is from uh, Premier Andrew Fury. He's Newfoundland and Labrador. That's a liberal premier, by the way, saying he takes great exception to force this into a dichotomous issue. Either you believe in exactly what we say or you don't believe in climate change. It's completely logical. It's a false dichotomy. It's a false dilemma. And it's as insulting to us as it is simplistic. And this is not just the carbon tax going up, but this is the clean fuel standards, which is just a closeted carbon tax on gasoline and, or diesel and everything that comes to you or leaves you that you buy, you grow, you eat, you need, you wear. It comes to you on a train or a truck. And so this will add to the cost of everything, whether the liberals want to admit it or not. And there's you cannot shit make the distance from the port of Vancouver to Edmonton on that train or truck shorter. You just make the cost of moving it more expensive. That's how it works. Sheila, as I've always said, there is a political win for the Justin Truth, uh, Trudeau uh, liberals on this file. And they could say this, we believe climate change is real. In fact, we believe it's man-made climate change that is leading to the climate crisis, catastrophe, emergency, pick your uh, hype word, folks. But at this time, we cannot afford to impose this on Canadians. We've just gone through three years of hell with COVID. We have basically an economy in decline. We have interest rates soaring. We cannot impose this economic hardship 
on Canadians. So until we recover, until we get back on our feet, we are going to expunge the carbon taxes and give Canadians a break. Tell me, how is that not a political will, despite your politics, Sheila, despite where you are on the political spectrum, in terms of at least delaying these taxes, but they won't do it. They are so committed to virtue signaling and wokeism and the cult of climate change that they will, you know, basically ruin people's lives with this taxation. Well, we're doing exactly that in Alberta. We're saying, actually, we're not we're not collecting the gas tax yeah. to help you deal with inflation. Good. We just can't put that burden on you. So gas is cheaper here. But there's a way that the Liberals could approach this while not conceding the argument that climate change is just a, another way to control your life and a big, disgusting wealth transfer of global Marxism, <laughs> which is yeah. how I might describe it. But there's a way that they could deal with this. They could say, OK, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you a tax break, tax credit. So let you keep more of your own money instead of subsidizing you. If you can show us your emissions reductions and give them targets, say, you know, like, can you get down 10% in this calendar year or 18 months or two years? Like you got to wait for technology to catch up. If you're a large emitter and you can get your um, emissions down 10% in two calendar years or two fiscal years, we're going to give you a, car, a tax credit. So then it doesn't actually cost you anything. You're letting the company keep its own money reinvest its own money while asking them to drive down emissions if you care about those sorts of things but they're not completely uncreative they just want to use the hammer of government to uh eviscerate the economy in pursuit of their green climate goals and you know sheila uh i read a stat i hope i'm getting the figures right but as we you know, fight this mythological climate monster by taxing us because of our so-called uh, climate footprint. China, on any given year, increases their carbon footprint from 10 to 20 Canada's combined. Imagine that oh, yeah. in one year. And of course, because, you know, they're committed to coal burning plants uh, and they're not you know, I mean, you can look at some photographs of Chinese cities, the, the, the continual haze and smog. So the I'm what I'm saying is that climate change, whether you believe it or not, it is a global thing. And our nation, with just some 40 million people and the second biggest country on the planet, is not the problem. No, of course we aren't. There's a reason why they you see all those pictures of people in China wearing masks all the yeah. time. And it's not because of COVID. It's because of particulate. And that's actual pollution. Like, I don't think CO2 is pollution. That's ridiculous, actually. Um, when the liberals say we're we're fighting, you know, carbon pollution. No, that that's not pollution. That's what plants eat. Um, but they're wearing masks because the air is so contaminated with particulate that is large enough for a mask to keep out of your lungs deal with the real pollution and leave us alone because yep. we are a forested country we have the world's largest continuous forest the boreal forest we're a carbon sink if you want to concede that carbon is a problem i don't but the liberals tell me they do 
If you think carbon's a problem, okay, fine. We've got lots of trees. We're going to be just fine. Worry about China. But China is considered a developing country, even though they're, they're the world's second largest economy. They're considered a developing economy when you look at these global climate treaties. So they get to do whatever they want until they catch up with everybody else. And the beauty of that is that they're never going to catch up with everybody else, at least according to the United Nations. So their economy will continue to grow completely unabated and unmolested by climate schemes. And, and Sheila, not only do these climate change zealots conflate weather with climate, sure. but they also add in pollution to that. And I'll give you a perfect example. 2017, Justin Trudeau's in Toronto. We went to cover it. It was at a theater on um, Danforth Avenue in Toronto. Uh, it was on the heels of um, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybolt leaving uh, the SNC-Lavalin scandal, yet another one. And it was Trudeau, even though it was just 2017, he was in full campaign mode. And he, along with some other cabinet heavy hitters, were there to j just basically do um, like a cheerleading event for Team Liberal. And Climate Barbie takes the stage and she says, you know, I was just drop driving down the DVB. I think she means the DVP, Don Valley Parkway. But anyways, PB, <laughs> details, details. And then she says this, Sheila, and I'm not making this up. Hands up, everybody who's against pollution. What? And that was her you know, leading to why we need carbon taxes. Because if you're against carbon taxes, then you're pro-pollution. You want to see smokestacks burning uh, right. garbage unabated. You, you're you uh, dropping your engine oil down sewers to kill the fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it's no, they're two different things, but that is their narrative. You know, they do uh, this and I guess all it works time. on feeble-minded liberal voters, Sheila. They do this all the time. They do this with gun violence too. And they're like, our national day against gun violence. I'm like, yeah, everybody's against gun violence. <laughs> like, the, just just because I own firearms doesn't mean that I'm pro gun violence. Although, um, you know, I, I'm I might defend myself with violence if you come to my house and break into my house. But like this, they conflate the two. Like, if you like firearms and agree with the responsible ownership of lawfully acquired firearms, you must somehow also be pro gang violence. Uh, they do this sort of thing all the time where they make these, as the Atlantic Premier said, these false dichotomies that make absolutely no sense. And, and by the way, Sheila, I don't like to gloat. Actually, I love to gloat. At a you press do. conference that same year, I get up to ask Catherine McKenna a question. And I say, David Menzies, Rebel News. And she says, before I can utter the question, oh, are you still around? Um, well, six years later... We're bigger than ever, Climate Barbie. And she's not. Where are and you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're half an hour into the show. We should hit an ad break because uh, okay. segment two is, it looks like LGBTQ and all the consonants <gasps> nonsense. So uh, we're going to see if we can just sort of breeze through all those stories after we hit our ad break. <laughs> and But when we come back, I want to talk uh, about the Save the Christians documentary. Yes. Okay.
progressives across this country are going out of their way to erase Canada's national identity, whether it's canceling fireworks or canceling Canada Day altogether. If there's one thing that these folks hate, it's patriotism. So why not support our independent journalism and stick it to the progressives who would love to cancel Canada Day by going to rebelnewsstore.com and purchasing some of our incredible Canada Day themed gear, like this shirt I'm wearing right now. Again, you'll be supporting our important work and you'll be sticking up for Canada's national identity, rejecting progressive cancel culture, and saying no, we are indeed Canadian. Again, go to rebelnewsstore.com. Canadians for Truth proudly presents An Evening with Sarah Palin. Get ready for an incredible evening, Sunday, June 18th, 2023. Former Alaska Governor and Vice Presidential Candidate Sarah Palin's remarkable journey. Yeah, that oh. event, event has transpired. That event went past already. It was great, by the way. I was there with Adam and the gang. Um, the event with Sarah Palin was lovely. She's a charming lady. I was sort of walking into the event, just sort of in the probably parts of the hotel I <laughs> shouldn't have been in. But I just, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm like, I know. <laughs> oh, isn't that uh, yes. amazing? Oh, she's so, and smaller than I thought. Let oh, her. yes. A lot of hair. She's uh, subscribes to the Dolly Parton mantra of, um, you know, tease it to heaven, but spray it like hell. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> really big hair, really big hair, lots of hair on a little lady. But anyway, we should. Um, and get Sheila, to don't, don't don't apologize for running that ad. I'm sure some members of our audience have a uh, Delorean. Uh, DMC 12 with the optional flux capacitor can go back in time and take in that event. Oh my God. I wish such a device actually existed. Sheila, here's a question before we move on. If you had to go to one era of time on our planet, go back in the past, what, what year would you set the coordinates for? Maybe 84, maybe, I don't know. It just seemed like it was a great time. American innovation, um, politics were kind of fun. Uh, California was still beautiful and not an absolute hell state. I don't know, just 84 maybe. Um, but it was a tough time for Alberta then. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's when it depends on where you are, right? Like where you might be in the world, what time you want to go back to and what you want to see. I'm with you hundred percent. I drop anchor in the eighties. Uh, I mean, mm. my goodness, it's inconceivable in both, you know, 1980 and 1984, uh, Reagan, even winning California, right. for example, to That's show you how saying. much that state has no. changed. And it was so normal then. We didn't have to worry about uh, what's the definition of a woman. I mean, it's just so great. But just to visit for a little bit, because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, I'd like to go back like 120 million years ago to the Jurassic era, maybe, you know, see the dinosaurs up. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? And then get the hell out of there quick, because yeah. I know I, I'm prey in that timeline. I want to be the alpha predator. So, like I said, drop anchor around 1985. That's the sweet Yeah, part. 85, you know, the watches were better. The aesthetic was better. The men were men. The women were women. Fair Fawcett had that great hair. You know, like, it was just a – and the cars. The cars were great. The wrestling was great. Everything was great. It was fun. 
and also, if I made it to 1985, I could I would know what happens in the future when I went to the Smoky Lake Rodeo and rode a bull, and I would decline to ride it and not go to the hospital. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, I would then know that you would tell that same story over and over and over and over and over again every time. You get even close to that time frame where I mention anything remotely Western. Okay, let's talk about um, <laughs> the documentary. Okay. So our, our documentary, I'm pleased and excited to say, is finished. Now, that documentary is, uh, you can find details at savethechristians.com. It, it's called Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity. It tells the story of the attacks on churches and congregations during COVID-19, but it gives a little bit of a historical backstop to the idea that this is nothing new and it's actually part of Justin Trudeau's DNA, his political DNA. And we've added showings. Our world premieres in Calgary on July 5th. Um, very excited. If you want to come to that, go to savethechristians.com right now, get your tickets because our event's always show out and sell out and then i've got people uh emailing me texting me calling calling me messaging me saying sheila can you get me tickets and i can't we we end up like we run up against the fire code right like i'd love to let you in but i just can't so the good news is this is uh, the world premiere is in calgary but we're touring this documentary across the country we want to be close to the congregations that stood up and so we've got um, world premiere in Calgary. That's July 5th. Then we've got July 6th, back-to-back showing. So if you can't make the first one, make the second one. Then we've got Meadows Cinemas in Toronto. Uh, sorry, that's Canyon Meadows Cinemas. Sorry, Toronto is the Eglinton Grand. I was just there Ooh. over the weekend uh, for a Jordan Peterson event uh, with Justice Center. Beautiful venue. It if is, you're in Toronto... Yeah, if you're in Toronto, you want to go there. Then we've got a one in Ottawa. That's Ottawa Community Church. Then this is very exciting to me because my friend Lise is in Saskatchewan, and she is uh, very, very enthusiastic about this one. Uh, we've got uh, St. Mary's Parish Catholic Church. Uh, they've agreed to show it. Then we, we're going to St. John, New Brunswick. So this is the Higher Life Church. This is Pastor Phil's church. Um, and so uh, we're very excited to be back with Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil feels like he could be in my family. Like I just, I, I met him in person for the first time. I've met him dozen, maybe a dozen or so times just covering his story. But to see him and his family, it, he just feels like he's one of us. I, he, You know what? You could take that man out of the East and drop him in small town Alberta and he hit the ground running. Um, and then we've got Steinbach, Manitoba at Keystone Cinemas on my birthday and then on July 17th Church in the Vine our friends at Church in the Vine who are in the documentary so we've got a whole bunch of documentary showings um but the thing is they are select attendance in the cities that they're in so if you want to see it in person with us with me and Kian and even some of the pastors who are featured in the documentaries then go right now savethechristians.com get your tickets immediately cuz they will sell out Fantastic, Sheila. And uh, yes. yeah, so um, you teased before the break, uh, more transanity, I can see, and even worse, uh, transanity being funded by the taxpayer dollar. Oh, Sheila, say it ain't so. You know, this is, again, more of the liberals doing what the liberals do. So they give these um, expert groups 
a bunch of money to track the political enemies of the liberals. And so they did this with the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. They gave them money through the Heritage Foundation to track online extremists. But then they did this neat little thing and labeled everybody who disagreed with the liberals online extremists. And then the Anti-Hate Network goes on TV and touts themselves as experts on extremism. Wouldn't you know it, they never list people like Antifa because they're Antifa linked, according to a judge. So they're doing that worked for them or it's been working for the liberals. So they've decided to do it with the trans objectors. So the Department of Canadian Heritage gave $500,000 to an organization to track anti-trans organizing. Now, that is a very long, uh, vague way of saying parents who show up at school board meetings. And we've seen this stuff done in the United States. They weaponize the government to label parents as radicals and extremists. Well, they've sort of given this to a, a, like sort of offloaded it onto this group where the government is paying an, a group now to track you and label you as an anti-trans organizer when you're just a parent who says, uh, I kind of know what I want to know what things you're teaching my kids and I don't want you showing pornography to my children in the library. That's going to get you labeled an anti-trans organizer by these people. Do we have the um, uh, screenshot of who and what this group looks like? You know what, friends, if we don't have that screenshot, they look exactly how you think they're going to look. Exactly <laughs> what you think an online mob of transgender oh, no. uh, snoops, <laughs> spies, and tattletales are going to look. They're doing their best, like, Karen impersonation. But if Karen started off as Carl. As they said on Laughing, Sheila, sock it to me. No, oh, got it. <laughs> there we go. They look like they can win an award from the YWCA, don't they? You know what? If we ever do go to war with China, um, can we just, like, surrender? Because uh, if that's the sort of caliber of soldier showing up in the draft in the foxhole, uh, we may as well not even bother. <laughs> we didn't win the Cold War. Oh, well, we no. didn't. We didn't. Look at this. $516,000. 14-month program called Justice Trans. They're going to develop community-informed solutions to key barriers and gaps faced by the alphabet people. This will be achieved by, this is the sinister part, this will be achieved by identifying, documenting, and tracking anti-trans organizing in Canada and developing safety solutions to address it. They'll conduct in-depth consultations and a pan-Canadian environmental scan in collaboration with oh, gosh, uh, women's organizations and two-spirit trans non-binary and gender non-conforming advocates and service providers, oh. including health and mental health providers. They're not talking to the right mental health providers, but these people are going to be spying on you and, and labeling you sinister and destructive, and they're getting your money to do it. Look at these. You're buying that pizza for their weird Zoom pizza party. God, these people are pathetic. Wow. It it looks like the Hollywood Squares, except with members of the Munsters and the Adams family. Uh, Sheila, what is anti-trans behavior in the first place? Is that a parent who says, you know, I don't think a drag queen uh, speaking to elementary students, uh, especially one who has a wardrobe malfunction in which his balls pop out of his costume, 
I don't think that's appropriate. Is that anti-trans behavior? I don't know. I just, I'm just, I, am I anti-trans if I say I don't want to pay for this? Am I on some sort yeah. of watch list now? I was on a watch list to start with, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never not been searched at the airport, by the way. Um, so, so um, I, I, like, it's just, that's the part that really bothers me. If these people want to organize and be a bunch of tattletale snoops and whine to social media, <laughs> who cares, right? I don't want to pay for any of it. That's my whole objection to all of this stuff. I don't want to use your words and I don't want to pay for any of it, but they keep making laws that force me to use their words. And now I continue to pay for people to label me as some sort of terrorist when I'm just minding my own business. Sheila, a hypothetical question for you. What do you think Aaron O'Toole weighs in on giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, trans activists? He'd probably up it to a million. <laughs> Because we have to make them like us. That's his whole deal is the the social license. It, I, Notley used to do that, right? Like we have to suck up to the environmentalist groups and yeah. concede everything to them because we need social license from them as though we need permission from them. This is the same thing. Aaron O'Toole is just a social licensor. He thinks we need permission from our enemies to do things our enemies will never let us do anyway. Unbelievable. And then I see Ottawa starting a $25 million entrepreneurship program for gender diverse businesses. Why do I get the suspicion when they say gender diverse, that doesn't mean female owned and operated businesses, but maybe something else, Sheila? A $25 million entrepreneurship program for gender diverse businesses. Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada says over 100,000 businesses in the country are owned and operated by sexual minorities. I don't believe uh, that, by the way. I, I don't. I do I don't not even, believe that. That doesn't gin with the uh, demographic information on that community. I don't care. That's the yeah. thing about this. I don't care. Go to the bank for a loan. <laughs> I don't care about any of this stuff. Don't make me care. I don't understand why any of this is a thing. So the feds aim to bolster procurement financing and mentorship opportunities to gender diverse business owners. Why would anybody care who their carpet cleaner is banging? Like, I, I, I don't understand any of this stuff. Um, I, I, and, and, and yeah, Sheila, I dispute the numbers completely. completely. Uh, and in case there's any kind of theory out there that these kind of uh, gender diverse people going to, as you advise, going to a bank would meet with resistance. Are you kidding me? Uh, go to a bank right now, folks. Um, every bank is tied to a color. TD, it's green. BMO, it's blue. Scotiabank, it's red. Oh, not this month and beyond. It is a rainbow. It is just a multicolored rainbow of colors. They are totally all in on LGBTQ. If you think a bank manager is going to hold it against you that you're a member of the uh, Rainbow Mafia, you got another thing coming. They are going to probably make some shortcuts to get you that loan in the name of diversity, inclusion, and equity. There's your uh, unholy trinity, Sheila. Yeah, let's... Uh... Let's just look at this for a second. Small business minister Mary Ng 
said Thursday, the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce <laughs> would oversee the funding disbursement. Who the hell are those people? They have their own Chamber of Commerce? I didn't know that. They, they're self-segregating? I thought that we were against that. <laughs> I thought we wanted like complete integration and acceptance, and now we're self-segregating. I, I, I don't understand any of this. And uh, constantly, we're accused of discriminating and genociding sexual minorities. And I'm like, you have you guys have summer now, and we're we're deciding to give you money based on your sexual preferences to start your hvac business or whatever like i don't i don't understand why any of this is happening but um to call these folks marginalized seems uh, a bit of an exaggeration oh, given and, the privileges she, they are getting and and look at the story we posted a few days ago a lady in toronto judy lawrence decided to go to the shoppers drug mart at manulife center to return her maybelline cosmetics uh, because she is uh, disgusted with uh, Dylan Mulvaney, basically the grim reaper of marketing these days. Just ask the people at Anheuser-Busch how Bud Light is going along. And she didn't even want her money back, folks. Well, guess what? The staff at Shoppers Drug Mart uh, w freaked out. Uh, they said she was spreading hate speech. They said she was creating the turning the drugstore into an unsafe space. And uh, she was frog marched out. And an update, and we'll do a story, a full story on this later, Sheila. She went back yesterday just to shop at that shopper's drug mart. A mall security officer intercepted her and said, basically, she is banned for life, not just from the shopper's drug mart, but all the stores and restaurants and movie theaters at Manulife Center because she, quote, caused a scene, end quote, i.e. dropping off her cosmetics and saying, I don't even want my money back. I just want you to know why I'm returning them. Unbelievable. And just on a completely unrelated note, I love that lady's hair. But also, <laughs> can you, I do. But also, she and her dog look like each other. And I mean that in the cutest possible way. She's this tiny little lady with the exact same hair color as her little mop dog uh, that's, who's also tiny. Like, look at that. Well, she and, and her dog strongly resemble each other in the cutest possible way. I need it. I mean it in the nicest way possible. And, and here's why I love Judy Lawrence. Her dog's name is Rose Trump. And, um, and the reason why, uh, well, not the reason why she's so tiny, but you are right in picking up that she's a very tiny lady because going back to yesterday decade, uh, she was um, en route to becoming a female jockey. Uh, Sheila had a job at Woodbine, you know, training the horses. And I think it was, I think as the story goes, it was before her first race, uh, something spooked a horse that she was training the day before race day. She got bucked off the horse and then the horse shattered her kneecap with its hoof. And that, her, her jockey career ended before it began. So, um, you know, it, it, that's such a sad story of what happened to her dream getting canceled like that. But uh, it goes from a wild horse canceling her dream to um, wild LGBT folk at Shoppers Drug Mart canceling her shopping safaris. <laughs> so you tell me, where is the hatred exactly? What side of the coin, folks, uh, are the haters and the ones suffering from the hatred? Well, you can, she can't even go to the mall because she objected <laughs> to this stuff in the most polite and well-behaved way. Yep. Now, we should... Um, just quickly touch on Adam's thing. 
uh, he covered a protest. Oh, um, yes. Whereas I, I've been saying for the last two weeks, nature's healing. Um, so we'll talk about that and we'll quickly hit an ad break and then we'll finish up with the Robert F. Kennedy stuff. Yes. I'm a Robert F. Kennedy skeptic. And I'll tell you why Ooh. after we do the ad break. Um, because I can't forget about some of the things he said and done, even though he's on the right side of a certain issue right now. So um, let's show Adam's clip. So this is a school protest in Calgary against transing the kids, talking about this weird, gross stuff to ki kids who are not your own. For some reason, the other side of this debate wants to talk about this sort of things with little kids. And there's a parental uprising and it is secular parents, it's Christian parents, it's new Canadians, and it's Muslim parents. And all these people that were told by the government should not get along, they're holding hands to defend the little ones. <laughs> and so let's show a clip from that. Yeah. We stand together as a Canadian people, as a Muslim right. and a Christian, to protect our children from them. From that. Yes. We don't need that. Or our children. Leave our kids alone. 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 Oh, Sheila, I love it. It's also amazing, too, how Pink Floyd was so prescient with their uh, Another Brick in the Wall album and song, you know, namely the lyric, hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. Although I have to admit, I've always had problem with the lyric, we don't need no education. That's a double negative. That would suggest you do need some education. Anyway, it was beautiful was to see <laughs> that presumably Muslim and Christian father um, hand in hand, uh, standing united against the Rainbow Mafia. And, you know, boy, does it ever blow away the lefty narrative. Ooh, look at all those radicals wearing those red MAGA cat. Oh, wait a minute. No, those are hijabs, actually. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I it love everything about all of this. Yep. I love that the divisions cast on our society by liberals who tell us Christians don't like Muslims and Muslims don't like Christians and that we shouldn't talk to each other and we should stay apart. They fostered these divisions. Why? Because I think they knew we would unite around a common cause and it was the little ones. Um, you know what? That's brilliant, weekend, Sheila. It's that true. is actually That's a why brilliant they observation. Keep us apart. Yep. That's why they keep us apart and tell us we don't get along. Yeah. And, uh, as they say in the Bible, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, that's a Christian Bible verse, but I feel like everybody in that crowd probably believes a little bit of that. And it makes me very happy to see. And, um, you know, liberals wanted increased immigration. Friends, careful what you wish for. Because oh. you just might get it. And all of those people are all of a sudden social conservatives. And they're on our side now, losers. Yeah, you are so right. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Sheila, because, you know, our, our wonderful boss, Ezra Levant, he has this analogy. I've said it before on the air. Uh, human rights commissions and tribunals, they operate along the lines of, if you will, uh, human rights poker. So someone like me, Sheila, white, able-bodied um, male, 
well, uh, I may be 10 high card, but if you're part of the LGBTQ mafia, if you are a member of Islam, uh, basically competing royal flushes, that is at the very top of the human rights poker chart. The only problem is these two groups get along about as well as the cobra and the mongoose. And right now, I got to tell you, I'm on Team Islam on this file when it well, comes to indoctrinating our children with sexual perverts, when it comes to turning the blind eye to the likes of Busty Lemieux, when it comes to drag queen story time. No, no, no. I stand with my Muslim brothers and sisters over uh, Team Groomer. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. And uh, like you said earlier, uh, Sheila, uh, this is the left's own miscalculations. This is their own doing that suddenly one half of that beloved whole is now dead set against them. I mean, last month, what was it, a 140, 160 imams in Canada um, signing a letter against this whole LGBT activism? And you don't see that getting covered, do you, Sheila? Eh? No. Um yeah, that's I, I really enjoy all of this. You know, the, the atheistic hedonistic left is <laughs> getting mugged by reality because these devoutly religious people are beholden to their God and their religion above the state. That's something that I can relate to. I'm a social and cultural conservative. So, um, you know, I can hold hands with other people across religions if it means protecting our most precious resource. And that's our little ones. And and, um, you know, good. This looks so good on the left. They, they look like the bigots they are now. Like they've been doing this stuff to Christians forever. But yeah. Christians, um, they're victims of the, I think, the most acceptable form of bigotry. But the Muslims, not yet. <laughs> not you, yet. So and you know I'm happy about it. And Sheila, let me ask you to speculate yet again. Whenever this next federal election is, I doubt it's this year, uh, probably next year, could be 2025, but I would bet on next year. I'm wondering if this issue costs uh, the blackface liberals at the ballot box when you see um, Muslims as a block rejecting uh, this uh, pro-rainbow mafia narrative and saying, you know what? We've taken another look at the political landscape, and yeah, the Conservative Party is more in line with our values than the Liberals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think largely these people just want to be left alone, <laughs> to worship in peace and raise their children in peace. And again, I hear you, friends. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy to see the left getting exactly what they so rightly deserve yeah. from this. And they find themselves in a real pickle, don't they? And it's oh. not my problem. It's theirs. Give me a front row seat, can of pop, <laughs> and a popcorn. I'm happy. Sheila, before yeah, we sign off. Yeah, to a nicer bunch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you teased um, your, uh, I guess, theory about RFK Jr. Uh, what is that again? I don't really have a theory, but Olivia, do we have a time for a quick ad break before we go into um, this vid um, with uh, the... Okay, let's do an ad break. I can stay a little bit late um, okay. if it's all right with David. So let's hit an ad break and then let's talk about this RFK stuff. 
Living with spike protein in a post-pandemic world is something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REVEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science. And for a limited time, your first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health, coupon code REVEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. God, it's weird watching that ad when I'm wearing the exact same clothes, my hair is exactly the same, and my makeup's done the exact same way. Very strange. Um, oh, well, oh, hey, maybe one day, Sheila, when they get cloning down pat, uh, that'll be the reality. You're going to have your clone do all the work while you, you know, suntan or do whatever it is you like doing in your free time. I uh, saw that episode of Simpsons. Remember, Homer jumped in the magic. Uh, what is it? A hammock, and they uh, pumped the clones out the other side. Do you remember? And they had to use a big donut to like lure them off the cliff. That'll happen to me. I, I think I missed that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a Treehouse of Horrors one, but uh, apparently I'm evidently I'm a creature of habit. Um, so let's talk about um, RFK. So yes. RFK, uh, you know, he's wants to challenge Joe Biden to be the Democrat nominee for president. And, um, you know, Frank couldn't be worse. So, you know what? Let him run. Let him try. Um, and RFK has been a real vaccine skeptic, a real lockdown skeptic, a yep. real pandemic skeptic, um, and a real advocate for um, human rights and anti-coercion and just letting people live their lives. And apparently... Um, hindsight being 2020, he's been right the whole time. And he's very outspoken and he will, to his credit, speak to people on the other side of the debate. I think that might be a new development since people on his side are very closed minded. And so the people like conservatives and libertarian minded people, we want to talk to everybody because we want to challenge our own ideas. I like to test my ideas to make sure that I'm right. The left knows that their ideas can't stand up to scrutiny, so forget the testing. <laughs> so he, um, RFK, went on Joe Biden, or went on Joe Biden, went on Joe Rogan, excuse me. <laughs> he, can you imagine? <laughs> Anyways, can you imagine if Biden had a podcast? I would tune into that, 100%. Oh, but, me too. <laughs> but he went on Joe Rogan, talked about vaccines, and then so this other very strange uh, doctor, I think... Um, Peter Hotez, um, people online were challenging to him to debate RFK. People were putting up money. I think like Dave Rubin said he'd put up money. And, um, you know, there are other like more prominent people in the conservative ecosystem were saying like, hey, if you actually debate him, we'll put up some money for the debate. And um, now, yeah, so anyways... Says you now he's saying he doesn't want to debate him. Of course not, because <laughs> you can't. Um, but anyways, we've got an MSNBC host now saying, oh, definitely don't debate him. Um, because I don't know, you don't talk to these people. They're too stupid to talk to. And I'm like, if you think we're stupid, then you shouldn't have any problem just yeah. walking across us with your big ideas. 
Um, and just pay attention. Again, I don't want to be like this because I already did this with the trans snoops a couple segments back. Just look at this fella here. The guy in the white coat in his office. You're not at work, buddy. You're not in the lab. So don't appeal to the white coat. But just look at him for a second. And then uh, can somebody dig up a picture of Rogan and RFK once we're done watching this video? Okay, go. RFK has contributed to a culture, a vaccine misinformation culture, that has led to the deaths, as you say, of hundreds of thousands of lives, and yet he's the one being celebrated by tech billionaires like Musk and Jack Dorsey while you're being smeared and defamed. And I would say, I don't know if you've agreed to debate or not. My advice is not to, and people might find that surprising because I wrote a book about debate, but I just think there's a time and a place for a debate. I don't think a historian of World War II should debate a Holocaust denier. I mean, just think, you know, that's, that's my analogy here. Like, I don't think wow. these debates between experts and cranks do anything other than elevate the cranks. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are certain things you debate. I understand what a debate about 18th century Enlightenment philosophy is and, and debating Rousseau and Bishop, Bishop Berkeley. I understand what political debates are. But in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific yeah, papers, <laughs> we present our findings in front of a critical audience of our peers to solicit their their input and, and suggestions. But it's you know, one doesn't typically debate science, maybe the one-off discussion of evolution versus creationism and that sort of thing but that's not what we do in science you don't wow. debate things in science you don't test your ideas in science is that what he's saying no that's what we do that's how you advance science that's how you advance them yeah i think the real fear here uh sheila is he's worried about being confounded by logic and not being able to give a valid response to uh, someone uh, who is not in his corner, like some mainstream media shill. Um, I'll tell you, that it's neither here nor there, but that guy sure looks like the villain in the 1967 Matt Helm movie, The Ambushers, <laughs> for whatever reason. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. It gets worse. Okay, okay. so... And I, I don't mean to do this, oh, but no. <laughs> we did have for a time a morbidly obese health minister here in Alberta. And I was like, come on, <laughs> like, come on. And then there was that one in Belgium who was like, I think she's dying. I think she's lost some toes to diabetes. She was the health minister in Belgium. Um, and I think it was Dave Hancock was our old health minister under Redford. He actually decided to get healthy when they appointed him to the health ministry. He was like, I got to lose some weight. Yeah, pick your health leader. America, uh, Canada, Britain, and the, the, we could put Sarah Hoffman in there too. But anyways, the, these, okay. So are we catching a theme here? These people trying to tell you what's healthy for you and live your life. They all sort of look a certain way and they are all, let's be honest, dying. So same thing here so this doctor who refuses to debate uh I, we've got the tweet from elijah schaefer schaffer there's rfk i think he's in his 60s he looks deadly he yeah. looks great whatever he's doing keep doing it skin looks great he looks young he looks strong like you can see his pecs through his shirt um and this is the doctor on the other side he looks like your uh post-menopausal great aunt Wanda again. Um, he's the guy telling you 
to get the vaccine because he knows what's healthy for you. And we shouldn't listen to Rogan and we shouldn't listen to this, this RFK because they don't know what they're talking about with health. And, what? And Sheila, here's why I'm going to say to the audience why what you just said is not an ad hominem attack. Because it's much like, say you are a personal trainer. Folks, if you went to the gym and you hired a personal trainer and that personal trainer was 400 pounds and completely out of shape, would you even book one session? Similarly with a doctor, to be morbidly obese, I'm sorry, but we know there are ways to safely lose weight and get back down to a healthy weight. I mean, my goodness, Sheila, we have what I call fat reality TV. We have multiple shows on right there. Uh, the Thousand Pound Sisters, My 600 Pound Life, uh, Supersized, you name it. It's a whole genre, but they're all one and the same in that it is people that are dealing with horrific, morbidly obese issues, going on a diet and an exercise regime to lose literally hundreds of pounds so we know we can be done and we know that a doctor knows especially that it can be done so what is this laziness a lack of yeah. discipline that they can't yes. stop eating you know and by the way if anyone's saying oh look at the fat man uh, preaching yeah okay. i admit it i'd love to lose another 25 pounds i'm fat that's why i put my ricotta cheese candy ass on a bike almost every second day and cycle 40 kilometers even when all the uh, the broadcast uh, karens are going oh we have a high uv index stay indoor and drink lots of water and and stay in the shade <laughs> no, no 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 so where there's a will there's a way and if you're part of the medical establishment, much like if you're part of the, the personal trainer establishment, and you look like a, a physical wreck, uh, as the saying goes, doctor, heal thyself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got three kids. I've gained and lost more weight than a lot of people <laughs> in their <laughs> life, right? Like, it, yes, it's, but it's something you got to work at. You have to be disciplined with your food and your exercise and your lifestyle. You have to be. And like, I'm not here to give anybody medical advice, but those people are, and they look terrible. Um, we've got a, a clip of, I think, that same doctor on Rogan making, like, the craziest claim. And this goes to your point, David, that it is laziness. Um, he would rather take a shortcut and advise people to take a shortcut that in the end, we now know didn't really work, yeah. rather than do the hard thing and get your health in order. And we do know that people who died of COVID or who were hospitalized because of COVID, they had normally three comorbidities and almost all of those comorbidities were uh, obesity related. So renal disease, uh, diabetes, heart disease, um, it was all, all of those things. So normally those are lifestyle related issues. By and large, more people are type two diabetes than type one. And there's one way to deal with type two diabetes. Um, and that's lose weight and get your health in check. But he was telling people, don't get your health in check. If you have a choice between getting your health in check and avoiding all those other illnesses plus COVID-19 or taking the vaccine, he told people to take the vaccine, which didn't work. Let's watch. Do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, I'm not as cautious about my diet as I 
should be I'm a junk foodaholic. No kidding. Uh, actually. Well, that seems like a terrible thing for your health. <laughs> it, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's sometimes, going on with some, you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't sometimes. get it right. <laughs> How often? What? How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips or something like that? How often like do that? you eat garbage? Uh, I don't day? know. No, no. Hopefully not every day. But you know, hopefully so, not every day. Yeah, maybe a couple of times a every week. Every day. Oh. That's what with day. Rachel, my uh, my daughter with autism. That's like our thing is to go to the uh, it's called the burger joint or to um, Shake Shack to get mm -hmm. a to get a cheeseburger. We'll sneak, sneak some fries. So, mm. so you live in large. We call it. Like that mouth pleasure so much, you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. Of I health. am, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I, I can, I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm -hmm. That seems like a t crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. Sometimes the, uh, <laughs> sometimes the, it's not all brain. It's. Uh, it's something else. But, I mean, if you ate healthy food, I mean, you, the thing is your body starts craving healthy food. You start feeling Yeah, no, no question. Results. No question about it. Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't, wow. I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed. Because most in the, Amer in the American – the American, Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You don't think they're needed They're needed, needed if your diet food? is garbage. Well, think, ho hopefully I'm not only eating junk food. Okay, right? but you know there's a large body of clinical mm. research on the efficacy of vitamins, mm. especially vitamins D, vitamins I, I have taken vitamin D for periods for and periods. the recommendation of my internist. Yeah. What about essential fatty acids, which mm. are great for your brain, fish oil? All these different things that are fantastic. Uh, I'm, for I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you. What you is got, going you, on with you, 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 got, you got it. Him, you got, on, you got it over me. Yeah, you gotta yeah. listen. But it would you would have a much better argument. Don't you, you you're, think? you're making my wife stay here. So. If you're taking care of yourself a hundred percent instead of but you just still need but you still need your vaccines. I'm sure you do, but mm -hmm. vaccines aren't going to prevent cancer. No, that's true. Right. That's and true. there's a lot of diseases. Or that, diabetes or cardiovascular sure. disease. Or and a lot of these diseases yeah. are connected directly to diet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Man. And other lifestyle ch changes. Yeah. Good to get Sedentary life. I try to go on the treadmill for 30 minutes you every try. morning. I do. Actually, I'm pretty good about that. Yeah. 30 minutes every morning. Why don't you just treadmill. go for an actual walk? It's more interesting. I do that too. So I do. I do. No, but I do about 30 minutes on the treadmill in the morning and then I uh, and my I take the a long walk does. with my wife in the evening. Oh, that's good. But it, the you know, hell the, he the does. Thing that knocks the crap out of you is the travel. Yes. I find that very frustrating because you don't I exercise do right and then you eat you don't eat well well and you don't control the diet as well. So that's um well I have a solution to that mm -hmm. and eat well and exercise. Those those are the solutions to that. Just yeah. do it. You right. know, I treat it like I'm brushing my teeth. I brush my teeth every day. Yeah. I exercise every day too. Yeah. So when I travel, I don't have an option. When I land, I go to the gym. This is how it goes. I land I get in my hotel room. I put my shorts on. Yeah, yeah I do I that too. To I do that too. When it's I the can. only way. No, you yeah. don't. If you have to do it, if you, if you say this is just what gets done, right. this is how you do it. Yeah, I try to be really compulsive about that. So Yeah, I have it written out. I know what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. especially if, if, the, the, if it's great if the hotel has a good gym. The hotel, you know, if they have weights and a bunch of different Or I'll run outside if, if we don't have it. You run? Yeah. Do you? Not very well. but No, uh, but you do? Okay. Yeah. We're going to yeah. get you healthy, buddy. Yeah can't be pushing only chemicals in injectable forms to facilitate health. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Not chemicals, they're vaccines. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's in them? 
What? It's not, I mean, it's some sort of chemical now. No, they're antigens, right? They're right. they're what's they're the fluid mac macromolecules. What's the liquid stuff? Uh, typically, it would be saline or you know salt water. And... Right. Well, Sheila, at least we now know what happened to the hamburger, or is it Mayor McCheese? How did uh, I describe him? No, how did I describe him in the pre-meeting for this? Uh, grimace. Grimace. <laughs> grimace shaped. Well, that um, interviewing was making me grimace, uh, not what Joe was. Joe took him to school. Uh, and by quietly. the way, um, Joe Rogan is bang on. Uh, for the last few decades, Sheila, I've been taking vitamins. Um, I vouch for them 100%. And anyone doesn't believe me, Mr. Producer can go into the uh, – the workroom and grab, I actually have a bag. It's so many vitamins I take. And also I just want to give a shout out to probiotics, which Joe mentioned about four years ago, a doctor, cause I was going in, I was complaining about terrible stomach aches. And he said, do you take probiotics? And he said, I said, no, he said, do it starting right now. It changed my life, Sheila. You know, it's, um, you know, the ancient Greek doctors believed everything began in the gut in terms of health. And that's what the probiotics uh, bolster, uh, your gut health. And um, I can't stress it enough, especially if anyone's suffering from stomach pains, upset stomachs, take probiotics, change my life. Exercise, of course. You know, Sheila, this weekend, I swear I didn't feel like getting on that bicycle. I forced myself. Funny thing happens. It's kind of like an engine warming up on a minus 40 day. Uh, after you get going for about 12 or 15 minutes, uh, you're in a routine and you're back into, you know, exercise mode. Um, also, it's funny how that story changed. He was admitting that he was a fast food holic. And then suddenly as Joe Rogan said, how important it is to exercise suddenly, um, He's an exerciser. He's doing 30 minutes on the treadmill. By the way, what speed? Uh, that's what I want to no, know. No, in the morning, and then he walks with his wife at night. So you're getting an hour of cardio. No, the hell you are. Yeah. The hell he is. The, the part that I found really objectionable is what he's teaching his autistic daughter. Yes. Because he said, like, my kids, uh, I try to model a good example for my kids. My And to the point now where I'm trying to keep up with the older ones because they're really active and fit. Um, but you know, like that, and to think of your body as, you know, you like you're created in the image of the divine, which is a great gift, but also pretty heady responsibility. You should treat yourself accordingly, um, that you're this, this precious thing. Um, and so, you know, I try to model that with my kids and take care of myself. And I, I, unlike this man actually work out even when I'm on the road, like he complains about the travel. He and Simone will tell you, because we travel all the time for work and documentaries and we travel together. The first thing I do after I check in while he's checking into his room is I'm like, where's the gym? I want to go see where the gym is. I want to see what the equipment is because wow. I can go upstairs and throw my luggage there after I've just been on a grueling travel schedule and I can just lay on the couch or on the bed for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, or I can take that time, go work out, get rid of the jet lag, um, and the stiffness from sitting in a chair on a plane and you just like, you build it in. It's the first thing I do. And then it's, then it's done. I don't have to worry yeah. about it anymore. Um, but the, again, getting back to my point, the thing that I find objectionable is the thing that he does with his autistic daughter is they go and eat junk food. Yeah. My daughter is 14. My youngest, you know what we do? 
we'll go for a little hike. We'll go for a rip on the quad. We'll be outside getting fresh air, being active. Um, that's what I want her to remember her and I doing together when she's older, the yes. things that we did together. That's that's the experience I want to take away. I don't want her to think about the time that we went and stuffed a bunch of carbohydrates and sugar into our faces. That hardly seems like memory making. I want to do fun things with them so that they remember me as the the active mom who did things with them. And I don't think just going to eat garbage is a thing that my kids should remember about me. Well, two things, Sheila. I don't understand really why he found it necessary to mention that he had an autistic daughter. But to your point, um, I don't think autistic children are prone to eating junk food. He could do no. what you do with your daughter. Go for that hike, you know, uh, go for long walks, uh, what have you. Uh, autism doesn't prevent that from happening. And Sheila, if I do say so myself, you've got the opposite problem of him. You've lost so much weight. Like I'm no, like, I put some on lately. I, like I did. I put 20... some on lately. They were really trying to put muscle on. <laughs> no, I like the 2018 version of Sheila Gunn Reed, folks. Oh. She had some curves to her. She went on some crazy exercise regime. Uh, she's no, got to. She's got to slow it down. <laughs> but that's just I me. Didn't. And I hope I, I didn't get in trouble with human eat. resources again. <laughs> I just changed how I eat. I didn't. I don't work out any more or less than I did before. But. Uh, muscles are made in the kitchen. And so I just changed how I eat and tighten things up a little bit. And I've been really working hard to put on some muscle mass, which I have been. Um, so I've, I've, from my lowest to now, I think I'm up about 20 pounds, which is substantial. Fantastic. So well, anyway, amazing. great, great interview. Um, well, we're at the end of the road, unless we have some super chat, Sheila. We do we have do. a few and, and some advice about what you can do to catch the rat. Um, so oh, somebody says, uh, thank you. I got my pen out. Please use peanut butter instead of cheese. It's that makes a great point. Uh, my mother-in-law told me this one time. Um, they will, they can knock the cheese out, right? Like oh. They can knock it out, but they can't knock out the peanut butter. So they'll reach and try to grab it or lick it out. And that's when they go home to Jesus. That's brilliant. But Sheila, what if they have a peanut butter allergy? <laughs> then they die of anaphylaxis and you get to keep the most trap for another day. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And uh, Dave, Dave uh, on the web team also confirms that peanut butter is what he uses for most traps. Jeez. Boy, you think we got a bit of a rodent problem here in the greater Toronto area? <laughs> we call I our use... nickname is Hogtown. Maybe it should have been Rat City. <laughs> I use a cat. I just, I just have a cat and she knows what she's supposed to do around here. I thought, I thought she was like biting on a dog squeak toy the other day. Cause she was walking through the yard and I heard like squeak, squeak. And I thought she was just chewing on the dog toy or something, but I look over and she's got a full squirrel in her mouth. Like, wow. just like biting it as she's walking through the yard and she's but, not a big cat, but not a black no. squirrel. You don't have those out there. Do you? We don't, we don't No. No. <laughs> we got a ton um, of them here. <laughs> no, ours are just red. Uh, okay, Fraser McBurney gives us five bucks. The most asinine thing happened in Hamilton this Sunday. They closed King Street from Gage to Sherman for the lefties so that they could walk and ride down the street. They blocked every street. I couldn't get out. Weird. Wow. Well, you know, it's funny, Fraser, because I was in Hamilton this Saturday uh, went to a venue uh, to see uh, both Menzoy Juniors compete in a mixed martial arts fight. It was fantastic. 
And uh, I'll be back to the hammer uh, to that venue for some more of those uh, fighting shenanigans. So that was your problem. You were down in some rainbow enclave. You should have come to, I think it was King Street, maybe. Uh, I can't remember the name of the venue, but uh, you would have seen a lot of macho men and a few women, too. Uh, get in the ring. I don't know what it is, Sheila. When the women fight, it just, um, there's an added don't, element of intent. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Yeah, there's, um, some lady wrestlers with the, um, dungeon <laughs> wrestling tour. And, uh, I'm scared to chirp them because I know, <laughs> I know the guys, if I chirp them, they're not going to want to fight me, but I'm like, are they are they going to take me seriously? Are they going? Is what is her name? I forget her name. Taryn from accounting, I think, was her like thing, was like a HR person or whatever. I'm like, is she going to want to fight me if oh I trip her? Scared. Wow. Anyway, uh, to continue, Fraser gives us another five bucks. The cost of the police had double time and a half, plus all the city workers, no porta potties, late emergency vehicles, more time and gas wasted, plus no water station. Um, as you know, the the city will spare no cost for a lefty protest, right? Like we saw this with all the BLM nonsense and pride parades and everything. But if you just want to be on the street corner, um, unmolested by the state, forget it. They're going to come get you. You know, what happened to Hamilton? Because this is where so much steel production occurs, Sheila. I mean, it gets its nickname from that steel town and the hammer. And then suddenly there's this, uh, does not compute. I actually I have a theory. In the you know mid to late nineties into the early two thousands, Hamilton was an undiscovered gem, if you will, for Torontonians hoping to evade real high real estate prices, move to Hamilton, get three times the house for your Toronto dollar, and just take the go train into Hogtown. Uh, when that caught on, that loophole uh, disappeared. But what do you want to bet it was that infusion of Toronto liberals that has turned things uh, leftwise for Hamilton? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, Let's keep going. We've got a couple more, and then I've got to get back to all the other things that are on my list of things to do today. We've got uh, my friend Mike Mayer from Freedom Honey. Who sent a very nice care package to you a couple of weeks ago, David? Yes. Um, he and his soon-to-be wife Sherry, um, awesome, awesome engagement photos. By the way, there are a lot of firearms in their engagement photos. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but but um, they they were behind uh, the original incarnation of People versus Predators, and uh, so they advocate for kids. Uh, and kids who are subject to grooming and all sorts of things. So uh, Mike says, uh, seeing people from different walks of in life to stand up for protecting kids, love to see it. Yeah, I bet you do. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, freedom, honey, and, you can't go wrong. And again, to paraphrase John Lennon, all we are saying is give bees a chance. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> and if you could just find that bee emoji on your phone, I'd be happy. Um I don't know if people at home know this story, but David, he uses this bizarre phrase that is exclusive to David, be thanking you. Like when I say like, yeah, go do that. That's cool. I approve that story. Get out there. And he'll say, be thanking you. And then he shortened it to just a bee emoji. And we knew that was our thing. I knew that that was David saying thank you to me. 
Um, but now he lost the B emoji in his iPhone. So now he types out B emoji, (laughs) (laughs) the words, the emoji and sends that to me. These machines hate me, Sheila, I swear to God. (laughs) Boomers versus technology again. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Also, Yankee reminds me that uh, RFA is 69. Oh, Sheila, I think we might have... uh... We have a frozen woman issue here. Yep. Do we, guys? Am I frozen? Okay, then. I I believe Sheila was about to mention a reminder from Yankee, and it probably has to do with something about oh, our I'm social... I'm back. Oh, there you go. I'm back. Thank I'm you. I'm back. Elon was... Musk is my internet provider, so I don't, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what's happening there. But um, Yankee reminds me that RFK is 69 years old. Wow. Whatever he's doing is working. But uh, the reason I forgot to mention to everybody, the reason I'm an RFK skeptic is he is a staunch environmentalist and he's very anti-oil sand. So while I might have a meeting of the minds with him on this one thing, I wish he would really consider the science in oil and gas and climate change because he should realize, look, if the establishment has been lying to us about COVID-19, then perhaps they were lying to us about the other things by which they want to control our lives. And those things first were environmentalism. That's so true, Sheila. Well, I'll leave it up to you to uh, ed- re-educate him. And and maybe what we can do people? is send him a care package. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, Ezra Levent's wonderful book, Ethical Oil. Uh, yeah. That would be all he needs to know, I would, would imagine. I think so. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, o Enoch O gives us two bucks. So are we going to have a Rebel Fans meetup in Israel, like in 2018 with Katie Hopkins, which I had to cancel my... Ticket uh, for a last-minute work call. We're just sorting out the fine details of our trip to Israel. If you're still interested, it's rebelvacations.com. We're headed to Israel later on uh, in the summer, and I'm very excited because there's so much to see and do, and you will never see and do it all. And this will be my third trip back to the Holy Land. Um, And so I'm going to come back with pockets full of rosaries again. Um, But uh, normally we do, or at least we did in the last time, and I think the time before that, uh, planned sort of an impromptu, hey, if you're in Israel and you love us, we're going to be here. We'd love to meet with you and, you know, shoot the breeze and have a couple of drinks. But we don't know where we will be when quite yet. We haven't finalized the agenda. So when that sort of comes together, then perhaps some of those other things will come together. And I think Kian and I are thinking about doing something while we're there. Um, but we just need to think about venues and so once we know where we will be on a certain day then we'll we'll figure something out there fantastic and i believe sheila correct me if i'm wrong it's shortly after labor day we head off to israel is that correct yes i believe so and we don't have labor day in alberta it's called alberta day we snatched the day from the unions and (laughs) it's the celebration of alberta's birthday and so while i I disagree with jason kenny on a great many things um one of his greatest legacies will be stealing Labor Day from the unions and giving it back to the common man, the Albertan. So they, we don't have Labor Day. We have Alberta Day. Well, so are you telling me if Rachel Notley had been successful last month in uh, winning the election, she would revert Alberta Day to Labor Day again? Oh, for sure. I mean, this whole like even the holidays are politicized these days. It's unbelievable. 
It's they're the worst. Okay. And uh last one. Uh oh, and by the way, Enoch, I promise you, I will email you when I know something. I know you emailed me last week and I said what basically what I just said now. I don't know where we're gonna be yet, where on what given day, because we're just bopping around the country. But as soon as I know, I'll let you know. Uh Justin Turdo uh gives us two bucks and says SGR is looking so at fire, I guess. Fire these days. She's at risk of her own climate tax. Well, thank you. Might I suggest you uh, eat more meat and lift up heavy things and put them back down. That's the secret to my success over here. <laughs> well, fantastic. And well, that's it. Thank you so much, Sheila. Well, there you go, folks. Another uh, show uh, wrapping up. Uh, thanks again to... Um, Olivia Nefren, our super producers, couldn't do it without them. Thank you to my co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Thank you to everybody that tuned in, especially those who gave those donations. That is so greatly appreciated. We really do appreciate that. And uh, just to let you know, folks, uh, I won't be on the Daily Roundup for the next four days. The Alberta team is on Friday. For the next three days, I'm on assignment. What do you think about yes. that? And it you really isn't a vacation. <laughs> it's, a, it's multiple assignments, so I'm going to be out of town. But I'm sure you'll have Rebel News personalities to take care of you in the way in which you expect. So, until tomorrow, thanks again for tuning in, and as always, stay safe and stay sane. <laughs>